Well, folks, welcome to one more edition of Politics and Rhetoric. Berto is your host. Thank you so kind of being a part of the show. We're going to have a great show for you today. Of course, we're going to have a great show for you today. Hey, green screen, what's wrong with you? Anyway, folks, you notice the cap is in. Politics done right on our cap is in. How's everybody doing today? I hope, I trust that everybody's doing just fine. Welcome aboard, Bridge MCP, Yvette Avery Herod. Yvette, I saved a particular interview with two great people that I did in, in, in Pittsburgh, PA, at Netroots Nation uh, 2020 for you. I was going to play yesterday. I didn't see you in the house. And I said, I wanted you to see this interview firsthand because it is right up your speed, my dear Yvette. So um, we're going to be playing that one for you later on. I think the green screen is, for the most part, working fine now. All right, Yvette Avery Herod, welcome aboard. AVQ, welcome aboard. Who else have we got here? Uh, Lee Grant is in the house. May Wood is in the house. Eric Hayes is in the house. John Cotter, hello, Egberto, watching from Frankfurt. Hey, I hope I saw you saw the video from last uh, yesterday's show. I think after you left, I put that picture up that we took together, brother uh, John Cutter. Imagine you're here yesterday, and you're already in Frankfurt, Germany, flying the big birds. Okay, great, 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 great. Okay, let's see what else we got here. Bridge MCP, welcome aboard. Our dear Bridge, uh, who else am I missing? Uh, para ver, para ver, para ver. Eric Hayes, I'm scrolling up. Let's see. Whoa, you guys are writing a whole bunch already, and I got videos for you. Melanie Keenan is in the house. Uh, who else is in the house? Who else? May Wood is in the house. Bridge is in the house. Deb Denny is in the house. Para ver quién más está aquí. John Carter is in the house. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Let's see what else we got here. Okay, great. Let's get busy. Macaroni says, the, the UK Guardian, the, I'm 65 and have 300000 in student loan, and I'm, I'm older debtors are going on strike. Most people think of student loan crisis as a problem affecting young people as a 65-year-old woman. However, I am actually among the fastest-growing demographic of student debtors. We know that this debt won't go away for us, the Americans of any age, unless stand up to fight. That's why we're prepared to strike. Can you imagine an economy where college graduates and master's degrees are unable to pay off their debts until they die and whatever collection of crap they'd uh, call estates they've, they've managed to accrue in their lives, the debt collectors rather than the children broke? I, that is a lot of stuff people don't know about, but thank you very much, Michael Rudnan, for pointing that out from The Guardian. I have another piece that I'm going to be showing you with student loans from uh, Tim Danahy, who pointed me, tells me we are on the right track. I am back to where I was in the beginning on student loans, and that is touching because, yes, student loans, you know, Donald Trump can file for bankruptcy many, many, many times. Well, we're going to talk about that later on. Egberto reminds of the num any number of cartoons that's picking up. Uh, no, his 100th birthday party was last month. Now he's celebrating paying off his student loans. That's a funny one, Mr. Rudnan. That's a funny one. That deserved to be on the screen. That deserved to be on the screen. So guess what? We're going to try to get it on the screen, but it's going to be a bit blinking. I don't know what's going on here with the blinker. It's on the screen. I don't get what that blinking is all about, but we're going to figure it out. There it is on the screen coming up now. Anyhow, folks, anyhow, uh, read it. It says, no, his 100th birthday party was last month. Now he's celebrating paying off his student loans. Um, that blinking on the screen, we had that on another version of the software. I think it's a bug in the software. I don't know what it is yet, but, and I don't know when I'm going to know what it is. But anyhow, let's get back to the previous screen where there seems to be no severe blinking quite yet. All right, let's continue. Microminister says, The Intercept, DHS January 6th investigators raised alarm about being stonewalled last year. Top congressional Democrats have taken the extraordinary step of calling the DHS Inspector General Joseph Kofadi's recusal from the January 6th investigation following reports of Kofadi knew about his deleted text messages as early as May 2021 but didn't notify the committee investigating the insurrection until January, July 14, 2022. On Monday, the Washington Post editorial board likewise called for his recusal. I think he should be Fired. All right, let's see. Bridge MCP, the hat has arrived. Great. Yeah, the hat is here. I tried to tell you that yesterday, Bridge, but you weren't here for me to, to listen to what I was saying. We missed you yesterday. All right, I'm going back to the screen. I'm done with the last one from uh, from Rudnan that says CNBC, Putin signs decree to increase size of Russian military. I don't know what that is all about. 
25 confirmed dead after Russian rocket strike on Ukraine Independence Day. That is sad. It's been six months since Russia invaded Ukraine with the goal of seizing the border, uh, the borderlands and preventing NATO from ex- NATO from expanding. They are failed in both endeavors, and Putin is about to force NATO's hand with your reinforcement. You have got to wonder where these troops are going to be coming from. Hey, Japan, Scotland Island, with all oil and gas. Who knows, folks? Who knows? Anyway, let's see. British MCP says, Egberto Willis, one for screen. How many people are actually affected by Biden's student loan debt cancellation? 45,000, I believe, is what I read. And I'm not going to throw anything up on the screen. I'm kind of scared to put it on the screen because we had a crash. But um, it's a lot of people. Uh, let's see what else we got here. We have Deb Denny says, uh, Hi, Bridge. Miss you yesterday. Uh, calming down. I'm, I'm going I'm to play the video. I tell you what. While I check on a few things... I want to play the video for our uh, our union specialists, our union activists here. Uh, let's go ahead and play this one, and then we'll take it on the other side. Welcome to Politics Done Right. Uh, we are here live at Netroots Nation 2022, and I have with us two heroes. You guys know what we feel about the union movement, the union progressive movement. These, this is the instantiation of them right now. We are here and happy to be with Layla Dalton. Welcome to Politics and Right. And Bill Whitmer. Welcome to Politics and Right. How are you guys doing today? We're doing amazing. Um, it's, it's wonderful being here and being with a bunch of people who are so inspired by the same thing and want to help us. Yeah, definitely. It's great. It's great being here. We love to be here. We've met, we've met some great people so far. It's our this is our first conference, first Netroots Nation conference. It's fantastic. And like Layla said, it's great having all the support. Well, let me tell you why you're the heroes. I personally believe every single worker should be a part of a union. There are some that would want you to believe that you don't need a union. We Daddy Corporation will do just fine by you. But by the same token, all these corporations have their own unions. They're called trade unions within themselves where they go and they lobby together, but they don't want that right for you. Leila, tell me your story, your story about Starbucks, where you're at in Phoenix, Arizona. Tell me your story. I'll say all started at late January when I recently got out of the hospital about a month before and my new manager... She wanted me to put work before my health, before my education, and I didn't know what to do because I love my job. I love my coworkers, and Bill, my co-leader here, he just became a supervisor, got no training, so we were both in really bad situations. We saw that our store was going downhill, and I kept speaking up to management, and they kept blowing me off, just wouldn't talk to me, so... Bill, it came up. It came to the night that Bill came up to me and said, "We can make a change," because I thought I was going to have to quit. I I wanted another day off since I just got out of the hospital, and a part of the reason I go to Starbucks is to get free ASU. Mm-hmm. So the fact that they wanted me to either demote myself or transfer, just because I can't be a full time student and worker, I realized that even though I'm putting in my all. They don't care. They care more about profit over morals. They care more about how they, they care more about making money than our livelihood. And we can't put work first all the time. So that's when Bill and I got started. And Bill really is a big reason why I got very empowered by unions because I never knew what a union was until Bill. <laughs> well, you know, Bill, tell us a little bit about uh, what your part in in the unionization uh, there in uh, Arizona? Yeah, so basically what happened was I saw what was happening in our store. And And you were a manager? uh, A supervisor? Well, I was a barista and then I got promoted to supervisor. Right. Yeah, and I I saw what was happening in our store. So some of the things going on were longtime supervisors that had trained me and like mentored me, had been with the company like four years. And they wanted to move up. They wanted to be assistant store managers. They wanted to be, to be managers, but they weren't getting promoted. But the company was bringing in outside hires, like people that work for Walgreens, to be store managers at Starbucks, which to me made no sense. Why are right. they passing these people over that are such a After great you've workers? you've invested at your... Yeah, yeah all, all of my... I'm watching this happen to all my, all my friends, and they're leaving the company to go work elsewhere, right? And I thought, well, this is not right. This is not equal. This is not equitable. 
what's going on here? And then I saw what's happening to Layla. Layla's was following all the right, you know, steps to make our store better. You know, she was going to, to the manager and having meetings. She was going to the district manager, having meetings, and they were making all these promises, but nothing was ever changing. And then, uh, and then she, Layla was really frustrated. All, basically, half of our staff was ready to quit the store. And I'm like, I can't have this. You know, I can't have all my friends quitting. I can't see this happening to Layla. And I knew what was going on, going on in Buffalo with the union movement. Right. And I'm a, I'm, I've been a community activist for years, but mm-hmm. I never organized a union. Right. So I reached out to the Buffalo people and I says, hey, this is what's going on in our store. We need some help. And and they gave me some pointers for how I could start talking to my coworkers, kind of behind the scenes about, hey, have y'all heard what's going on in Buffalo? Have you heard about unions? And one thing led to another. And then Layla and I had that conversation, and and then things just really took off, you know. And that's that's how it started. <laughs> well, let me tell you how important that is. Um, change doesn't come from the top. Some some politician telling you, okay, we're going to do this for you. You have to do it yourself. And what you guys did, you did it yourself. It's, it is so important what you did. Now, um, I, I wrote several books. All those books there, I wrote them at a Starbucks. Okay? I sat down. I, at my Starbucks, all my buddies, me, we would go there and sit down. And I always loved what Starbucks promoted itself to be. And that is the reason why I did all my work. I bought my salads, my sandwiches, my and did everything there because they were treating their people right. I bought, I, I paid overpriced coffee, <laughs> overpriced everything, yeah. because the, the goal was we give our, our our workers a working wage, we give them college education, we do good health care, and then I started hearing after I, I, people would. Baristas would hear me speak like that, and they'll take me aside and says things are not always the way they promote it to be. Right. And that's what they told me. And then I'm, I'm seeing one at a time, and when I saw the union movement in Buffalo, and, in another, and I think they, they attempted it in some other places, I was like, it's about time. So when I tell you guys that you all are heroes and to keep up doing what you're doing, that is exactly what I mean. And, and I, I hope you have a support system. I don't know that meaning to, as you guys are leaders in this movement, I hope that you have a network that can financially sustain you as you're doing this. Do you? Well, well, yeah. well and, and that's what we're, that's exactly what we're working on right now. So there, um, Starbucks, Starbucks workers United does have a strike fund uh-huh. that they just got going for. So when a store goes on strike, it's a, I believe it's a million dollar fund that they have, right. which, which is great because, uh, um, the affiliate of Workers United is SEIU. So basically what's, what's really cool is that, um, basically, uh, warehouse workers that that are SEIU members, uh, institutional laundry workers that are SEIU members, right. they they are supporting this million dollar fund. So it's literally rank and file workers right. that are saying, "Hey, let's support these Starbucks workers," that which is amazing. And then the other thing that we started for the fired workers is Workers United just launched. Uh, a fund through Act Blue, right? And so that that's going on. And actually, how do how can folks reach your Act Blue to make sure that uh, people listening to this yeah, podcast? And- yeah, actually, if if you if you go on if you go on if you go on Twitter, there's all kinds of things on, about Act Blue on there. So it's uh, at the, the no, I mean, but I, I know about Act Blue, but yeah. I mean, how to specifically target your fund? The fund for oh, the oh, Starbucks. So it's group. the Starbucks Solidarity Fund. The, okay. And it's yeah, it's the Starbucks uh, National Solidarity Fund mm-hmm. and it's sponsored by Act Blue. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because I think it's important, Leila, because um you're and, and please this this is a positive. You're young. And 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 the reason I say that is it's because I am happy to see young people understand that uh what some of us old farts went through with the union movements earlier uh, needs to be reinvigorated. In fact, it needs to be rebuilt because there's a time we were over 20, 30 percent unionization in this country. We're way down. We need every worker that's hourly to be unionized in this country. And it only happens when you have a start. And watching you guys, watching you guys doing that 
I think that is what we're that that is what we're all about. So, give me some closing statements about what you want to see going forward, Leila. Well, I think the biggest thing is for workers to know their value mm -hmm. and to know that it doesn't matter if you work at McDonald's, if you're a janitor, if you're a doctor, everyone should be treated the same and everyone should be able to provide for their family and feel like they do have options and maybe they start at McDonald's, but maybe they want to grow. They want to go to school and they should be able to, let's just say you shouldn't be working 40 hours plus and still struggling to pay bills. And it's very hard for people who are trying to work, who don't have that support, but they also want to go to school. They also want to venture out and maybe they want to be a doctor. Maybe they want to be a psychiatrist and stuff like it's very hard to do that. And it's hard to see other. A lot of people don't understand that. Just not everyone's working at McDonald's because they say they're lazy. They say that, oh, they don't want an education. They don't have a choice. And It feels like when you're born, whatever class you're born in, you're stuck there. And I feel like the only way for us to actually get out of there for people who are born into poverty, poverty but maybe want to be a doctor is actually to have a say in their workplace. Because living off $12 an hour with no benefits, barely, barely even getting health care, if you even get that, that's not enough. And workers will never be able to rise and be treated the way they should be if they don't start voicing their opinion and realizing that you could make a change. It's just about ending the war and you'll lose battles, you'll win battles. But at the end of the day, if you don't stop the war, if you don't stop the cycle, we're always going to be treated Layla, disreplaceable. That passion has to be transmitted to your entire generation and beyond because they are, most of the people doing us harm right now economically and socially are making the bet that you are not going to perform and you have to prove them wrong. You guys exactly. are doing a good job of doing that right now. Thank Keep you. doing that. Give me a closer. Uh, definitely. So what, what we're really looking for is solidarity among all workers. So between, between our campaign and the Amazon campaign, Basically, this has sparked a huge movement. So now we've got Trader Joe's that, that has come on board. Uh, we've also got, in Arizona, the cannabis movement is starting yeah. to step up. So we're, we're calling out for workers. Just like you said, we're calling out for hourly workers. Now's the time. This is a golden opportunity to organize, for example, the entire food and beverage industry. It's time for the entire food and beverage industry to organize and come together because when we come together as workers, we have true worker power when we come together. So we're, we're looking to work with all workers. And, and one of the things that's happened is we have other workers that have been reaching out to us from other industries. So a lot of CEOs should be pretty scared right now because we outnumber the the the, the higher-ups in the executive offices. The ones in the ivory towers, there's only a few of them. There's, what, millions of us, right? And and we can make this happen right now. This is a golden moment. Bill and Layla, it's been my pleasure, like you guys would not imagine, to have both of you speak uh, speak here at Politics Then Right. I appreciate it Thank you it so much. much. Thank it's you. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed that, but I was so impressed. There, There's another uh, group of... Um, uh, unionist that I that I spoke to as well, but it is so 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 encouraging to see people finally stand up and not buy the crap that the corporatocracy has out there, having you believe that unions are not good, that unions are a bad thing, etc. They have unions. They don't complain about unions being bad when they talk about their organizations. Oh, but for the average American citizen, we don't want you in a union. We don't want you to have the ability to fight us, the power. We are your masters. Follow as we say. Nothing more, nothing less. We will tell you what you deserve. Absolutely not, baby. Absolutely not. Uh, they were so impressive. I have another one to show you. This one is with Rick Smith, the working class Radio guy, check this out and then we'll take it on the other side. Welcome to the first edition of the day of Politics Done Right from Netroots Nation 2022 in Pittsburgh, PA. Look who I found, guys. The one and only 
Rick Smith. What's going on, Rick? How you I, doing? I am living the dream, my friend. You're living the dream. Hey, let me tell you something. Everybody knows about the Rick Smith show, but guess what? They don't know who the hell Rick Smith is. <laughs> so let's start there because you call yourself the working man's hero or the working class hero. Who the hell is Rick Smith? I'm just a working class guy who, you know, at one point got tired of hearing right wing blather and decided it was time to take on uh, the right wing juggernaut. And we began attempting to balance the airwaves 17 years ago this Labor Day. Uh, we kicked off and we've been doing it ever since. Now, uh, tell me a little bit. Where did you grow up? Are you a PA kind of guy? No, no. I grew up in a housing project on the west side of Cleveland. Uh-huh. Uh, basically where they put the socioeconomic ladder on top of. Yeah. That's where I grew up. <laughs> uh, I grew up one of the uh, one of the only white kids in an all-black neighborhood. We used to play this neat game. Uh-huh. It was called Chase the White Kid and Beat the Crap Out of Him. <laughs> Maybe you've heard of it? Never heard of it. <laughs> uh, it was a f- I'm sure for somebody it was a fun game. Yeah. Not so much for me. Yeah. Uh, but you know, So it, you went through your tribulations on the other side. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I was the, uh, the minority in a minority community. Uh-huh. And uh, what I learned very young is the only color that really mattered mm-hmm. uh, was green. Because right. black, white didn't matter. We were broke. Yeah. And poor is poor. And, you know, as I watched our community struggle, as I watched family struggle, occasionally you would see a family do well. They got a union job at the Ford plant. They got a union job at one of the feeder plants. And immediately their lives got better. Food at the end of the month. The kids got better clothing, secondhand bikes. They bought a secondhand car. Eventually they moved out of the projects and their lives got better. So as a kid, the union job, better life. You know something, Rick, let me tell you, I'll be very, very frank with you. You know, uh, usually when I start my interviews or do anything, I don't get it. I usually don't come start on a race kick or anything like that. But I'm glad you started there because there's something that we share in common that I think we need to get across to America, especially in these times. And that is because of who you are, where you grew up, you really understood or you really understand what it is like to feel something. And... We have to get to this point where we don't allow those guys with the green to build that ladder on top of you that you were talking about. No, I mean, the one thing that the wealth class has always been masterful at is dividing us. Right. Either white or black, male, female, gay, straight. You know, they find those fault lines and then they pit us against each other. Right. And the one thing that labor history has taught me, and I spend a lot of time studying labor history, is the easier it is to pit us against each other, right. the worse we both are, right. the lower our wages, the right. worse our working conditions are, and the, the wealthier that the wealth class exactly, gets. Exactly. And the sooner that we are able to heal those divides, come to some common ground, we don't always have to agree, we don't always have to accept one another, we don't always, but we have to be tolerant of each other. Yeah. We, have, we have to figure out how to work together. You know what? I, 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 I want to interrupt you here for one reason. Race is stupid. It's one of the most stupid things, and I talk about that on my show all of the times, right? So when, when they decide to make these kinds of divisions to take control, uh, we as folks who understand that, especially you now as a white guy, and I'm going to tell you, uh, right now, the Rick Smith show, I think, as a white guy has a special duty to remind the white guys that nobody's going after them. Your thoughts on that? No, nobody's going after them other than the people with the money at the top. We're, we're, folk, we're forced to look at things through the right-left frame, right. through the right frame. The reality is it's always up-down. It's right. always been up-down. Right. The war has always been money versus work. Right. And the capitalist class, the wealth class, however you want to frame them, yes. they've always figured out how to extract from us. Mm-hmm. And you look at this pandemic, a perfect example. Right. Families are struggling to get by. You're, you're seeing, you know, potentially here in the future because the, the rent moratoriums are off, people losing their homes. Right. You remember 2008, 2009, the millions of people who lost their homes. You didn't see bankers go into the streets. Nope. They got wealthier. And during this pandemic, they saw their wealth go up by a couple trillion dollars yes. while families are still struggling. And if that doesn't wake people up, I don't know what, what well, will. You know, actually, you know, I, I've, I've done I've, I've read a couple of guys that that point out that the reason all this other stuff work is we've been we've been trained to look at everybody differently. You know, the same class separation and race separation and gender separation that you talk about. And what we have to do is lead by showing right and that's why you know you and i talking on a program like this actually makes a difference because people get a chance to see us interact and talk about these issues without having to try to use code words or fear in the words that we're using 
In other words, you came up. Look how you started the interview. Yeah, I was a white guy. I got beat up in the front. I did you every day. I mean? <laughs> you see what I'm saying? And you can just come out and say things like that. And people have to start getting that comfort to talk about this, these, these ridiculous differences that really don't exist. Tolerance. You mentioned the word tolerance. I push back on the word tolerance. I don't want you tolerating me. We, we here. That's it. We're here. You're here. All of us are here. You know what I mean? And uh, if, if, if that guy on top didn't tell us, hey, you know, you know, you white guy, dude, we wouldn't, you know. Yeah, but I, I still think we figure out how to divide ourselves, even yeah. without their help. We right. still figure that do out. Do you really think that? Yeah, I think we do I, on a certain uh, 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 level. Because you, you, you go back to high school. You, yeah. all, you always had your little cliques. Right. You're always going to no, have that to a degree. That, what I'm talking about that, those, does cliques, does cliques always divide between fat girl, skinny girl, yeah. and all that kind We're of We're always going to divide ourselves. Yeah. For me, it, it comes down to we have a common interest. We have common goals. We have to work together. Right. And we have to not focus so much on what divides us. Right. You know, look at the, the transgender issue, for instance. Right. You know, as a labor guy, we dealt with this in the workplace 30 years ago. Right. We had a guy who you know, worked with us 20 years. He went away, came back. He, he was less when he went away. He came back. He's less. Late. Right. And nobody gave a damn. Nobody cared. I think you just proved my point. People, he got, she came back, did her the same job, got the same pay, got the same benefits. Nobody cared. But you just proved my point, Rick. That's I mean, that's exactly what I'm so saying. So what I'm getting to is now it's, oh my God, this is, this is exactly. the end of, because we're being force fed this stuff. Externalities. Exactly. Yes. So we're being pushed into this. Now, now look, back then people still weren't in favor of, but it wasn't the end of the world. Right. And you know what? I want people to lead their best lives. Yeah. Life, liberty, pursuit of happiness is the mantra of this country. Right, exactly. So I may not absolutely agree with everything you do. You may not agree with what I do, but it's you know what? Necessary. You have the right to do whatever makes you happy. Absolutely. That's the great thing wife? about... I don't agree. No, I don't. Okay, oh, yes, ab point. absolutely. I agree. 100% <laughs> everything so, she says. You know why? Because always. She, he thinks you're going to see it. What's her name? <laughs> Carol. Carol? He doesn't really agree with you all the time, but he knows how to act out. You know? You know? I've been married over 20 years, so yeah. I, I know I my beat, I know my, I know my role. You know your role. Well, we always lose, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Always, the, the best advice I ever got yeah. uh, from before I got married, uh, an old timer said, every yeah. morning wake up, say, yes, dear, you're right, and I'm sorry. You know, I learned that early. <laughs> I, I, I learned that real early. But anyway, Rick, so tell me a little bit where we're going with your show. Well, you know, currently we're, we're on 40 stations across the country uh, and, you know, growing by leaps and bounds. And I'm thrilled by that because uh -huh. right now there's a thirst for for conversation and information based on, on working class values. Right. You know, we've been forced fed, you know, right wing ideology and talk radio for so long. Right. That you've you're finally starting to see people going, I, I want something, something else. Right. And talking about, you know, working class values, which we've been been made to be ashamed of. Right. And I think in this moment coming out of the pandemic, especially as working people were called heroes and frontline, frontline heroes and essential and, and put up on a pedestal. Right. And now they're going, no, I don't want to go back to being relegated to being, being treated like garbage. Right. I want to be that frontline hero. I want to be respected. I demand respect in, in wages and hours, conditions, and in a voice on the job. And this is the, the exciting moment that we're in. Yeah. Well, I, I, I think it's great. Tell me or tell me something that I should have asked you that I didn't. Oh, <laughs> that, I, that's my last question. You should have told you. How do you find how do you find the okay. show? The Rick Smith show dot com. Uh, you can find us there. Follow us on Twitter at Rick Smith show. All the social media, Facebook, you know, YouTube, all that stuff. The Rick Smith show. Easy to get to. Hey, folks, all of the show, support the show, download the show. It's in it's in making sure that we can get that info out, that we can open people's eyes and the working class hero can get his job done. So thank you so kindly, guys. Hey. Look, Rick. Go ahead. Say and it. also make sure you support KPFT and other uh, other community radio stations. Absolutely. By all means, need the support. Absolutely. Thank Good you, stuff. Appreciate, Appreciate it, man. You. Thank Great. you so much. Anyhow, uh, Rick Smith, love the guy. I, uh, great show. Check it out. Please remember, check out his show. Okay, I have something to say here. And this is to my, my good brothers, Mike Cisak, Lee Grant, and Daniel Ledeau. I want you to take what I'm going to say with love, first of all. But before, let me just tell you a story. In the days of slavery, right, one of the, one of the big problems with those slaves who were going to get rid of the masters and take control of their lives and, and build up the pressure in the South, where in many areas 
there were more pe- more slaves than there were masters and they're, they're, the people running things, right? Was that slave with a slave mentality, not only a physical slave, but a mental slave, that when they are planning how they're going to create their freedom, the way the founding fathers wanted to create their freedoms by creating external, by creating ways of their own freedom. Well, these slaves heard people talking about how they're going to create their freedom and free themselves. And they'll go back and they'll say, Massa, you know, John and Peter and Paul, they're planning to kill you. They're planning to escape. They're planning to do that. So a lot of times when freedom could have been theirs, it wasn't because they were sabotaged. Not by those who are enslaving them, but some other slaves themselves. Brother Daniel Ledo, Brother Lee, S- Lee Grant, Brother Cisek, and anybody who speaks out against the union. That is a perfect equivalency. That is equivalent. You claim the unions are corrupt. Are unions many times corrupt? Yes. And you claim government is corrupt. Is government many times corrupt? Yes. But the most corrupt entity of them all are always the people who are teaching you, the enslavers of you. They are the most corrupt of them all. It's called the corporations of America, the corporations of the world. They are the ones who picked your pocket and then say, hey, look at the government. They're doing it. They're the ones who raise the price of gasoline on your back. And then you say, oh, it's Biden's fault. They're the ones who said, you are too S-T-U-P-I-D to understand who is at fault. Because they know, you're, that they know that you are so within the enslaved mentality. That you are going to tell, you are going to say whatever they tell you to say. Oh my God, it is by the inflation. Look at Eric, an enslaved mind. My brother, I love him, but his mind is enslaved. If he looks at, if, if he hears the truth, if he hears that there was never a shortage of oil ever, and he comes back and he still says by the inflation, that's an enslaved mind. That's a mind in chains. I'm telling you, there has always been an oil glut. And I'm going to explain this again for the people who are first coming to our show. When Russia invaded Ukraine, Russia had a hell of a lot of oil still to sell. Smart companies, smart company, I mean, countries like China and India says, you know what? Instead of buying the oil from the capitalist country, I am going to buy the oil at a discount from Russia. What it means is that capitalist countries did not have to sell any oil, or rather, the oil that they would have otherwise sell to India and China went unsold. English being accepted so far? All right. That meant the unsold oil was a glut that glut should have been placed into the pipeline with reduced cost per barrel of oil. It never happened because the news media is on the take. Because the oil companies knew they could snow people like all the others that said, Hey, war, that means an oil, an oil shock. There was never an oil shock because the, oil, the war was never anywhere close to where oil is being produced. You were conned. It wasn't a union that conned you. It wasn't your government that conned you. It was the news media being fed by the corporations who conned you. And you want to know the results of the con? The fastest reduction in the price of gasoline as their increased price created something in economy in economics called demand destruction. They took all this money out of your pockets 
as much as they could. They took all this money out of your pockets. And then the Eric Hayes of the world, instead of accepting that the corporations were fraudulent, instead of accepting that the corporations were corrupt and lying to you, the enslaved mind will then tell you, oh, Biden inflation, it's Biden. Again, it happened in the days of slavery with that slave who told the masters the slaves were seeking their freedom. It is no different. It is no different that whoever is defending the corporation and going out against unions, you are a slave. No two ways about it. No two ways about it. All right. Um, let, let's, let, let's, let me run. Uh, Norman Reynolds says, you, hey, welcome, Norman, to the show. Daniel Lado, welcome to the show. Uh, unions are about people power, and so are governments. Unfortunately, a lot of people power that is in the government is being corrupted by corporations. Perfect statement. The leadership of unions, regardless of their level of corruption, are measured by their delivery to their people. And interestingly, again, you know what? Daniel Ado, if I told you a story about a black kid in my all-white neighborhood that was beat up every day by all the white kids, y'all would not be laughing it off. Just like Egberta did know, now was... <sighs> the guy was talking about uh, when he was a kid, and he was laughing with me about it because he understood what was going on. There's no hypocrisy there. If, that, if, if something like that happened, I would be right on it. And I've been on it before because something like that has happened before. And I've reported and I looked through my old videos when the cops went into the white guy's house and pumped him up with bullets. It was on politics done right. Look it up. I am very honest with my coverage of all stories that I'm aware of. All right, Paul Fleming says, I've come to the conclusion that some of the listeners are slow. You might as well be a pre preacher. <laughs> All right, brother, brother, brother Fleming. Hey, Fleming, I hope I saluted you at the beginning of the show. I'm not sure if I did. Folks, if you are on YouTube, please remember, give us those thumbs up. We lost a lot of people after we had the crash because there was another version of YouTube that came out. So that means that all our emails that went out went to the first the first email. Ashakula's hairstylist says Russians wash their potatoes in the toilet. I don't know what that means. Maybe you can tell me what that means sometime, Sharkulas. Uh, let's see what else have I missed here because we want to talk about uh, student loans in a little bit. Um, uh, let's see. If, 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 if there's, uh, Mike says that unions have the same problem as government. Okay. All right. And what about corporations? What, what kind of problems do they have, Mike Cisak? Are they benevolent, good, and care about you, Mr. Cisak? Do they care about you? Come on now. Again, let's unenslave our mind. That's why we come to politics done right. Hey, let me tell you something, guys. I, I am harsh sometimes when I talk about the enslaved mind, right? But I've spoken to myself of having an enslaved mind until I took the chains off. So nothing that I am telling you, I haven't had to tell myself. We are honest here. We speak to each other frankly, and we know that each we know that if we are if we care about each other, you should be able to take this and just re-examine one's self. Right? That's what I do. In fact, if Daniel tells me something, sometimes he touches me. If Norman tells me something, sometimes he touches me and I react. Uh Listen to Egberto lie. He did laugh it off. Not but 10 minutes ago, he laughed off racism by black people. Oh, my God. I, I feel for you, Daniel, because I know how hard it is for you to accept the fact. Um, please tell me how many folks were lynched that didn't look like me or somebody called uh, Shen or somebody called you-know-what. Okay? I mean, let's just look at the numbers. I don't have to sit down and, and, and discuss reality with you. I know reality is something that doesn't come by too often with some of us. But let's work at it. That's why we're here, to work on it together. Anyway, guess what, guys? I'm going to try to put this on the screen. If we crash, I'm still going to continue, but I need to get this. Pay by going back and forth, uh, Regan, and tax the rich. Yeah, we need, to, we need to tax the rich. But anyhow, hey, folks. 
Don't actually let me go and do my ask first. But don't forget, go get the cap. Go get the cap. I'm going to put the cap in there in a minute. Go to the store. Anyhow, let's go ahead and play this. Politics done right depends on you to keep doing what we do. What do we do? We make sure to keep, number one, the internet seeded with blogs and information to counter the right and to present what progressives represent for the benefit of us all to everybody so that it's not misread, misled by any other entity. We make sure and populate that internet with blogs, with videos, with all these other things to make sure that we are informed and to counter everything that you normally hear that, that are lying at the right. We also make sure to create articles in, in magazines, articles in newspapers all around the country to ensure again that our message gets out there. Last but not least, we also write books. As you see it, Class Warfare, The Only Resort to Right-Wing Doom, How to Make America Utopia, are two of the many books that I've written on these issues. So please support us in one of many ways. Numero uno, you can support us at PayPal, either one time or monthly. Go to politicsdoneright.com slash PayPal. You can support us on Patreon. That is politicsdoneright.com slash Patreon. Patreon is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. You can support us by becoming a part of our YouTube channel, going to politicsdoneright.com slash YouTube, or you can support us in many other forms that you can find at politicsdoneright.com slash support. Be sure to visit our store, politicsdoneright.com slash store, and get our books at politicsdoneright.com slash books. Politics done right depends on you to keep doing what we do. What do we do? We make sure to keep number one. Oh my God, I couldn't, I kept hitting the button and it wouldn't hit. Anyway, and don't forget folks, I'm still, uh, I still need that uh, support for what again? Uh, the Netroots, where is the net, where is that Netroots thing that I was doing? Let, let's see if I can get it here. Oops, I look like I missed it. But anyhow, uh, go to politicsandright.com slash netroots, politicsandright.com slash netroots to support our netroots effort. All those great interviews that you see there, uh, all those net those interviews that you see there are um, the ones that I did at netroots. Like I said, I did over 40 interviews, and that's why we have so many interviews to give you day after day after day, because these were some great people doing some great work around the country so please 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 support the program it's expensive to do this and there's a little bit there's only a little bit left in retirement man if we don't start breaking even we're gonna be in trouble anyway folks uh let's uh continue here with the student loans that i want to talk about um i'm constantly hearing a lot of stuff about student loans and 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 the biggest problem that i have with uh, student loan forgiveness, and I, I am I am of the belief not that all of it should be forgiven, point blank, period. Again, at first I was backing off after listening to some folks talk about, well, what about those people who paid their uh, their loans off, and and you know I, I heard all kinds of things like that until um, I heard until first of all a great supporter of us sent me an article that also changed his mind. And I'm going to put that article on the screen. And then later on, if I get the time, I want to play a TikTok video, if I can get to the TikTok video. But anyhow, um, here is the article that, that he sent me. And the title of the article says, Corporate America is so angry about Biden's student loan cancellation. I wonder why. And I want to read parts of this article. It says, This week, President Joe Biden made good with his campaign pledge and vowed to cancel 10000 in student federal loan debt for borrowers with an annual income of less than $125,000 for the 45 million people with crippled with student debt at a time increasing cost of living. This is not nearly enough. If we were able to cancel paycheck protection plans debts for businesses, you'd think the funds could be found to cancel student loan debt. PPP was instituted by former President Donald Trump as a means for business to pay their workforce and cover overheads during the COVID pandemic. The debt from these loans was ultimately forgiven. 
the average loan equaled $107,000 per business, totaling a colossal $800 billion in low-interest loans altogether that they never had to pay back. Beneficiaries included celebrities such as Tom Brady, Reese Witherspoon, Kanye West, and even Trump's former advisor and son-in-law, Jared Kushner, who received over $6 million in loans in companies registered under his name. Jared Kushner called student loan forgiveness a really bad idea. After Biden announced the proposal, even Amazon delivery contractors received millions in those PPP governmental loans, despite Amazon seeing profits soar by 220% during the pandemic. This widespread focus on corporate policies in uh, on pro-corporate policies in America has resulted in mounting profits for large businesses while the average American feels the pressure of growing inflation. Even with the increased supply chain costs, corporations are reaping record profits. Energy company Shell, for example, this year reported triple its profits from the previous year despite consumers being hit with all-time high prices. I don't remember any one of you folks complaining crazy, crazy, crazy that, oh my God, we it's going to be inflationary if we throw all that money into those corporations. Nobody said that because you weren't fed that by the media. You weren't fed that by the corporatocracy to convince an enslaved mind. Senator Mitt Romney, who introduced a bill to extend the PPP loan deadline in 2020 and who later supported PPP loan forgiveness, reacted to the news of Biden canceling just $10,000 of student debt per person by tweeting, sad to see uh, being done to bribe voters. Biden's student loan forgiveness plan may win Democrats some votes, but it fuels inflation, foots taxpayers with other people's debt. Thanks to decades of reducing market regulation and pro-corporate policies, a wealth inequality gap in the United States. PPP loan forgiveness is just another example of a growing phenomenon. When 9.6 million Americans lost their jobs due to the pandemic, policies in Washington were put in place to bolster the economic economy and over $1.5 trillion was injected into Wall Street, supporting some of the largest companies. Senator Bernie Sanders highlighted this hypocrisy recently writing, If we could afford to cancel hundreds of billions in PPP loans to business owners in their time of need, please do not tell me we can't afford to cancel all student debt for 45 million American society. American students are in default at any given time. Or rather, uh, we, we can't afford it. Uh, 15% of student loans are in default at any given time. It is this educated American society that has helped prop up the corporations that have been basking in monetary rewards. This is something that I talk about all the time, right? I've spoken about this all the time. We, the ones who pay for this education, are the ones that subsidize the corporations who then make the profits on our backs, I, you know, this article encapsulates everything that I've been telling you guys decade. I mean, over and over again. It just put it all in one place. According to the Education Data Initiative, the average student loan debt is over 37000 which some borrowers, such as medical students, navigating debts in the hundreds of thousands. And with many graduates unable to keep up with their payments, student loan refinancing firms have stepped in to profiteer further. SoFi, for example, a student loan refinancing company which had $400,000 to spare, pay for sponsorship rights, the L.A. Rand's Charger Home, charges students struggling with repayment their debt, 2.24 and 7.9 uh, APR, the same company also managed to afford awarding its CEO Anthony Note a 92% wage increase. The struggles with student loans only appear to be mounting interest rates for student loans continue to increase with the latest rate reaching 4.9% for undergraduate loans and 654 for graduate loans. That's up from 3.73%. That, that's I'm going to go past that. With the growing wealth inequality found across uh, across America as well as rising inflation, uh, and cost of living prices, it is we who support the average American with their day-to-day -day struggles. The thousands of dollars worth of debt for uh, former students have accumulated with the promise of better income has failed to reap the rewards they had expected. Their exponential increased debt mean they can... Uh, anyway, the, the thing about it is, first of all, you have all these corrupt companies, right? That, that tell people, hey, come and we'll, we'll teach you something because these private companies will then get you a loan from the government and they make the profit, they give you a substandard education, and then they say, why can't you get a job doing what you're supposed to do? All right, Norman Reynolds says, love it. If money is your measure of success, you are a slave. It goes hand in hand with Booker T. Washington's, I have learned that success is to be measured not so much by the position that one has reached. If you have lift yourself up, lift someone else up. 
Shakula uh, Hairstyle says, I'm going to file a class action lawsuit for all people without student loans to sue the people with student loans for our cut. <laughs> Let me tell you, there's, uh, there's a video on that, um, uh, that, I, that I would really have liked you to see. And um, it, at first, I got shocked. My daughter sent me the video. It said, I don't want Biden to give people student loans. What happened to all of those people who struggled to pay their student loans off? They struggled. So that means, why aren't those today forced to struggle as well? And I thought the girl was, I was about to write some int- to, to stuff to the girl. And then the next statement she said is, and by the way, at the same time, I don't want to start, I don't want to fund research that's going to cure people. Because after all, what about all those people that have died before all of this was known? And, and she, she just made those ridiculous, th- and it's like, wow, that is exactly the argument that you make. As you move forward, you make things better. You can't necessarily solve what's in the past but you sure as hell can start making things better in the future. You know? So that's the answer. There should be... At, at first, I want to say, how do I justify to that person who didn't go to college because they didn't want to take out loans? How do I justify to that guy who didn't go to college for all these, these reasons? Well, you know what? Nothing stopped you from having done that. But you know what? Let's make it easier so that if you do want to get, a, get to school, you can. But for those who did it, let's forgive it. Because right now, the people who reap all the benefit from student loans or corporations who collect ridiculous interest rates or corporations who gave you a substandard education, you know, those private schools are the ones who screw people the most. The private schools, the private colleges are the ones who screw people the most because their, their substandard education are the ones that hurt the most. The private companies, that is. Okay, well, number one show needs to be longer. You're out. Oh, my God, we're out of time. Thank <laughs> I didn't realize we're out of time. But anyhow, let me, let me, let me see one quick thing here. Uh, let me back up and see if I have anything real quick to say. Daniel, they had classes on it. All right, folks, I got to get out of here. Uh, thank you for letting me know I'm past my time, Bridge MCP. Look, guys, look. I speak to you from... A very good heart. Just that. Uh, we are very much misinformed, ill-informed, programmed, indoctrinated into policies that hurt us all. My goal with politics done right. My goal with everything that I do, every book that I write, every article that I write, every post that I make, is to try to enlighten us all. And I don't have all the answers, but I sure as hell know how to learn. And as I learn, I bring it to you. Hell, sometimes you guys teach me stuff as well. So folks, all you're going to hear is the truth. Don't fall for the crap. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics Done Right, and you guys know how I end this. Baby, I am what? Out! We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.